My waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And we have a fabulous show for you today. This is a really good one. You know, relationships are always difficult. So we've got a relationship expert on today, and her name is Mari Mitchell. And she's written a fabulous book. It's called Diary of a Hopeless Romantic. And I just love this. And I've read most of it, and it is amazing. She's a really good writer and she's also a radio host. But before we get into telling you more about her, I want you all to sit back and relax, take a moment and listen to a little bit from her book. And it's called again, Diary of a Hopeless Romantic. And here we go. I'm going to read a little bit. And, and it's from the very beginning and it's called Confession. The man I'd been dating on and off for six years arrived at my place that evening with a serious look on his face. Natalie, we have to talk. Four little words which caused, caused my heart to skip a beat, then end up in my throat. He's going to break up with me. I braced myself. You've met my mom's friend Betty, right? He started. Yeah, a couple of times. The pretentious old bat. She's very sick. I'm so sorry to hear that. Woo, I feel bad, but I'm glad that's all. He diverted his eyes from me, saying, my mom wants me to take Betty out. She has a crush on me, and that would make her happy. What do you mean, like on a date? My heart did a flip. Is he kidding me? And you're going to do it? Yeah, I've had no work for a while and Betty's loaded. <laughs> if I marry her when she dies, I'll be set. Marry her? Isn't she almost 80? 79. Oh, that's much better. He looked down to the floor. Are you out of your mind? This is your mother's insane idea, right? He started pacing. Well, my mom knows how hard things are for me with being out of work and how much Betty likes me. I can't believe this, she says. My hands shaking as anger rose inside me. And you think you're going to get all her money? Maybe, but this won't affect us. <laughs> what do you mean it won't affect us? There won't be any us, I screamed. I know you're upset, but I really care about you. You're my girl. You won't mean, you mean everything to me. She won't mean anything to me. Upset? I'm livid. You and your mom have gone too far this time. You must be crazy if you think, I'm going to go along with this. How can you say you care about me? You're as sick as your mother. He walked away as I shouted the insults. I heard the door slam and began to cry. Wow. That's some powerful stuff. And uh, we're going to talk to Mara here in a minute because I want to know if all these stories are true. I think they are, but I don't know for sure. So I'm going to talk to him and find out. Okay, so here we go. Mari Mitchell. CPC is a certified life, life and relationship coach, author, publisher, and radio show host. She's the founder of Dare to Be Authentic book series, which is a really good series, by the way, and Dare to Be Authentic Radio. Her passion is helping people connect with their authentic self to create a life of joy and fulfillment and bring their authentic talents into the world. Welcome to High Road to Humanity, Mari. Thanks so much, Nancy. It's such a pleasure to be here. 
Well, I loved your book. I mean, and let me tell you, every girl and guy too, but I guess I lean towards the girl. The girls should read this because this talks about, I mean, you talk about all these different guys and all these different relationships and all these things that happen. Are these your true stories? They're true stories. Not all of them are mine, but they're all true stories, believe it or not, as absurd as they may seem. Well, I'll tell you what, this first one really hit home because I know a lot of mama's boys out there. I hate to say it. And that's what you called him. You called him mama's boy through the book. I mean, you, you had names for these guys. Tell me why you decided to write this book. I really want to know what, 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 you know, what possessed you to say, okay, I'm <laughs> I like that word. That's a good word. I started out to write a self-help book. Because okay. I am a relationship coach, and I thought, I've learned so many things through the years, and I've learned so many things from my clients. I want to write a self-help book. And so I just didn't know where to start, you know, with all the different chapters and rules and all the things to do. And I, was, I had my own writer's group at the time, and one of my members said to me, why don't you write it as a novel? And I thought, huh. And so that's what I did. I wrote it as a story. But at the end of the chapter, if you notice, I put in the things that Natalie learned from that particular guy, right? Okay. And so it's really secret, uh, a self-help book disguised as a novel. So I wrote it to help women and men because men have read this book and said, wow. Right. I wrote it to help people see how being authentic is really the key to dating and relationships, being who you really are. Yeah, because, well, and we start out with that story, and you tell the story of how, you know, you knew this guy, or the, the girl in the story, Natalie, knew the man from school, and they run into get to each other, and the mom really liked her, but then all of a sudden, the mother chooses that she's not the right one for her, so then she's not allowed to go to any of the family functions, and holidays are really awful, because she's by herself. Right. So it's and, dating a married man, except he wasn't married. It's like being the mistress. Gosh, and you call him mama's boy, and I, I just cracked up. <laughs> because instead of going to have dinner with her or even sleep with her, he'll say, no, I have to stay with my mom. And there are people like that. Oh, yeah. But, but maybe they don't recognize it. But here's what you, what you want people, I think, to recognize is that if you get yourself into this situation, you need to get out. Yeah. See, the mistake Natalie made is she stayed in there too long. She kept thinking because initially things, you know, initially things are always wonderful in relationships, usually. Right. Three months, year, whatever it happens to be. Right. So people are always trying to get back to those early days where everything was wonderful. Well, and yeah. she, you know, that he would change. But that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah. And you write the chapter, Reinvolvement, where you say it's a do-over. And you went back with him. And then he shows up on Valentine's Day. And, and the girl has something for him. Natalie has something for him. But he says, well, my, I didn't get you anything because my gift to you is being here. And I just <laughs> cracked up. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it took her a while. It took her a while to, to finally say enough is enough. Yeah, it took her a while. She was, you know, head over heels over him or thought she was probably obsessed with him more than anything. And really, the, the crux of it, afraid of being alone. It's like, you know, I'm better off with this guy or this girl than if I don't have them, then I'm all by myself. And that's too scary. Well, and I think I've learned, and you probably have over time, too. And hopefully um, our listeners are hearing this, you know, um, 
as you grow at, with yourself and as you start to have, uh, you know, self-love and you care enough about yourself, you won't accept these type of relationships anymore into your life. You let go of that. And, and that was some work you talk about, too. I mean, I'm going to go on to the next guy. There was Rafter guy, and, and this guy was from Cuba. And, um, yeah, I came over on the boat. I thought this was great. But, again, this she was afraid to speak up for herself because, like you said, she didn't want to be alone. And sometimes it's better to be alone than be with somebody who doesn't really love you. Absolutely. It's always better. I wouldn't even say sometimes it's better. It's always better. But it takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage to to really say, ooh, I, you know, I no longer can be with you. And she wasn't ready to do that. Not at, not when she not at the you know when she met Raster Guy she wasn't right and so what kind of advice I know you do coaching and I do some coaching too but what kind of advice do you give people if they're in a relationship and one of the people in the relationship um, feels that there isn't love and they aren't being treated respectfully what do you tell them you know that I think that usually you feel there is love and that's why you stay I know he really loves me. You know, I know she really loves me. And usually there is love. Uh, I'm not saying these relationships were devoid of love, but it wasn't entirely the love that she needed to be, to be loved the way. And in my own life, I had men who couldn't really, they were incapable of loving me the way I needed to be loved. That's and really well said. So step into a relationship. So it's not for lack of love, but it's for uh, lack of being suitable for each other and seeing things for how they really are rather than trying to go back to how, you know, the way we were, I always remember that, the way we were from the 70s. You're never getting, usually not going to get back to the way we were if the person isn't really ready to be in a serious relationship. And so what I would say to people is look at your relationship. You have to step out of it, step out of the emotions, especially women, and look at it for what it truly is. And, you know, how long have I been in, in this relationship? What have I done to try to fix it, right? Especially women, we're fixing it forever. Have yeah. there been any real changes? Is he working towards changing? Is she working towards changing? And look at it honestly. That's the first thing, to take a hard, honest look. And it is not easy. Right, exactly. And you say changing. I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I always think people don't change, but they can grow. Because I think you have to want to work on yourself. And I think that's what you talked about in the book with a lot of, as they, as this girl dated and in these stories, that was a learning experience. Each experience, each dating experience was like, well, wait a minute, he's not respecting me as a person. And, and you even get to that part. And, and it's funny, um, you know, there's a lot of books out there, um, but she says in this one part, um, she was afraid to speak up for herself because she was afraid she would scare him away. And I think a lot of people are really afraid to say what they think, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And I was, I was afraid to say what I thought for most of my life. Actually, that's not true. Initially, as a very young woman, and then, um, and when I first got married in my 20s, of course, I was very outspoken. But as I got older and I realized, you know, the impact of speaking up, how people would shut away from me or even get away from me, I started to not be so outspoken. And I got... You should, you should speak up for yourself, you know? Absolutely. 
Yes. Absolutely. We have to. If we, that's part of being authentic. If we don't speak up for ourselves, and it doesn't have to be in a romantic relationship, just right. be with your boss, it could be with your mom, right? right? If we don't speak up for ourselves, we're not being true to ourselves because we're just going along with what everybody else says. Well, and, we've got about one minute here to break, but um, just if you don't mind, tell the audience where they can get your book and give them your website real quick so we can they can know where to find you. Definitely. My website is lifecoachmari.com. That's lifecoachmari.com. And if you go to click where it says books, it'll take you right to the Amazon link. All my books are on there and Diary of the Hopeless Romantic is on top. Yeah. And you guys, it's a really good read. I've been checking this out. Diary of a Hopeless Romantic. It's really cool. And these are really good stories. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Hey, all you high road listeners out there. I just want to take a moment to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with bestradiotravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rate. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity, and this is Nancy, you're out your host, and we're here today with Mari Mitchell and her diary of hopeless romantic stories, and they are fabulous. And Mari, we were talking on the break, there is Rafter Guy. Tell the audience about Rafter Guy. Tell, tell that story, please. Well, Rafter Guy was very charismatic. Uh, he was Cuban. He had come over, not on a boat, but on a raft which means they risked their lives. In fact, one of the people in his raft had died before they got to land from Cuba to to Miami, to the Keys, actually. 
And so Natalie meets him, and and um, he's very charismatic, and she really likes him. But there was this undertone of him being an alcoholic, which she ignored. You know, I, I say several times in the book that she goes forward, and she sees the red flags, and she steps right over them and keeps going. So she gets into a relationship with this guy who doesn't really want a relationship, but of course he doesn't tell her, and she doesn't ask him. And um, she was always waiting for him to call and say, I'm coming over, we're going out. And she would spend week after week during the weekdays wondering if she was going to see him or not. And that, that created a lot of agony for her. Well, and I want to ask something. You talk about, and this is really important that I bring this up. You talk about sleeping with this guy. She ends up sleeping with this guy after two dates. Is that right? Actually, she waited a while. She waited. She waited. Much, yeah, she waited a good month or six weeks or so before she slept with them. And the reason I bring this up is because I don't know if anybody's read the rules, but I read the rules years ago. And one of the rules is don't sleep with the guy for ten dates. Okay, you guys or girls, <laughs> don't sleep with them for ten dates because after ten dates, you know if you want to have a relationship with this person or not, right? You know a little bit about him. And then there's some camaraderie and there's some respect. I just want to throw that out there. But anyway, continue on with Rafter Guy. <laughs> so he was a lot of fun. And, and that's why she, she got along well with him. When they were together, it was magical. Wow. But then when they weren't together, she never knew. You know, after a couple of months of dating, usually you were like, no, you're going to be seeing each other on the weekend or maybe staying with each other on the weekend, right? That's usually the, the after several months of dating. But she was always kind of like on thin ice with this, never knowing if he was she was going to see him or not. And uh, so eventually he, he breaks up with her by email. And, um, and she was devastated calls him, he explains that, oh, you know, I'm not ready to be in a relationship, that whole thing. I, I really like you. We've had wonderful times, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, okay. And she is very sad and, uh, but knows, okay, it, this is it with him. It's over. And then about, I don't know, maybe a week or two later, he calls her. He calls her and wants to come over. Yeah. <laughs> And so, oh, no, because she's still like, wow, I guess he really isn't to me. Maybe he changed his mind. And so he comes over, but it was just, he, not only does he come over, he um, spends Christmas with her. She buys him a bunch of presents. Of course, he has nothing for her because he forgot her gift at home, you know, and um, she made a big deal of it. Then Christmas, New Year's Eve, he agreed to spend New Year's Eve with her, but he goes somewhere else for supposedly to his aunt's or cousin's house and then shows up after midnight. So there was her big red flag that he really was not in on this relationship. And he, after that, he just disappeared. Well, and then What's that, what's that movie? Jesus, Mary, he put that into you. I always thought that was so obnoxious, actually. <laughs> it's true, because if somebody doesn't want to be there for the really special days, then either they're married or they're not that into you, and they don't care. And you're hanging on to something that's not even real. I feel like 
Yeah, I feel like people are so desperate to have a relationship that they'll have a dysfunctional one. Yes, I agree. And uh, I think it's really cool that you... Well, yeah, because people understand stories. And when you tell stories, then people see themselves in them. And they're like, oh, that happened to me. Oh, I get what, you know? And that kind of thing. You do... Um, there is a part in the book where you say, um, and I'm going to read this. She says, my terror of losing him caused me to live an anxious and unhappy life run by fear instead of love. And this is what you just said. I needed to pay attention to red flags. They were there to warn me of impending danger. Turn, uh, so, And then you, you list some of these things. And I'm going to read them because I think these are really good, by the way, Mari. <laughs> she says, so if you're in a relationship, you guys, speak up if you don't like something. And I think that's great advice. Say something. Don't not say anything and let it fester. Um, stop seeing someone if he treats me with disrespect. That's a big one. If somebody disrespects you, it's really hard to stay in a relationship with them. Uh, number three is be confident someone better will come into my life. And that, I love that because a lot of people think, oh, well, I've got to hold on. And, and even if they're treated bad, they hold on because they don't think their their self-esteem is low, you know? And that's, that's hard. So you guys get your self-esteem up. Then, now it's the next one. Number four, be self-assured and know that I deserve to be in a good relationship. Really good advice, Mari. And number five, she has allow love to rule my actions instead of fear. And that's the truth. That is so true. Don't you? I mean, gosh. Just think of it. Even when you say the word love, because it has a vibration, or you say the word fear, there's such a different vibration in the two words. When you think to yourself, I'm going to make my choices, not just in relationships, in life. I'm going to make my choices from a space of love rather than a, face, a place of fear. Because a place of fear makes us think we're in a corner. This is the only choice we have. We have to do this. We're obligated, et cetera, et cetera. We're making a choice from the space of fear. I mean, of love is just joyous, happy, we're having a good time. Not that we never have to do things we don't like. We all have to go to funerals. Uh, that's not a pleasant thing, but we still do that out of a love, you know, as a respect for either the person who passed away or their family. There's still a space of love there. Yeah. Well, and, and at one point, um, she goes into therapy, and I wanted to ask you what you thought about that. Uh, do you, you know, counseling, therapy, what are your feelings about that? I think, I think that uh, it, it can be extremely helpful. In Natalie's case, um, the, the second guy, when the second guy pulled the disappearing act, because she had two guys that she dated, after guy, and uh, then the second guy that she dated also pulled the disappearing act. They just disappear off the face of the earth. And she, the second time around, after two months of dating, she was devastated, and that's when she sought counseling because she's like, something is wrong. Something is not right. Why is this happening to me? Right. And one of the best things that she learned from the therapist, I think one of the most helpful things that she learned was that nobody was doing anything to her. Right. And the therapist explained, especially about Rafter Guy, he didn't do this to you. He did it for himself. And when she was able to disconnect a little bit from being a victim, he did this to me rather than he did this for himself to feel better. He needed to do this for himself. Yes, he was a coward. Okay, so wait. So, uh, so what you're saying is when somebody does something like that, um, it, it's about ego. I really think it's about ego because he didn't really care, like, like you just said. 
the therapist said it wasn't to hurt her. It's that his ego was so big and inflated. Apparently, he needed more than one woman, and that's what he was doing because he wasn't with her all the time. I don't think it was so much about ego. Well, it, it does come to ego, but almost like a self-preservation. He right. needed to do whatever he needed to do. She just happened to be there. You know, she was like what they call the collateral damage. <laughs> Seriously. And she was quite damaged by it. But when she was able to extract it and not take it so personally, you know, it wasn't like the target was her. His target was, I need to do what I need to do for myself so I can go on with my life. Selfish as it may be. But this opened her eyes. This begins to open your eyes and truly begin to choose when you start dating, start to really pay attention. Because the signs were there from the beginning. She just didn't acknowledge them. Yeah, and you were talking, um, you wanted to talk about Limo Guy. <laughs> Tell me that story. Limo Guy was a guy she met also through the internet. Um, extremely tall, bald. She had never dated a bald guy before and she had never thought that bald men were attractive one of the things that happened tonight i just want to throw this in through her dating experiences she really broadened her idea or her sense of what was attractive to her which was very good for her because she always had a little box of the kind of men that were attractive and that kind of limited to her so he was very to her very sexy very nice a little shy and he would kind of come towards her, and they had a really nice date, first date. But then after that, he was um, always driving the limo, you know, always to see her, would call her, would call her consistently. She never called him. He always called her. Right. But he never made another date. Isn't that a red flag right there where he yeah, called her? And she never, I mean, come on. Of okay. course. But he kept saying, oh, I can't wait to see you. I really want to see you. We're going. Times she actually met him where he was at and they hung out, you know, by the limo and whatever. And then she said, by this time, she was really learning not to take crap from guys. So she used um, she used limo guys or guinea pig by beginning because by this time she was no longer that interested in him. She knew he's not really that interested in me. She started practicing speaking up for herself and she was with him and she would say things like, well, are you ever going to, you know, schedule a real date with me? Oh, I might, you know. And she would just speak her mind with him until she finally told him one day, this isn't working out for me. Um, and he said, fine, and he never called her again. But that was her first step towards really speaking up for herself. That's such good advice. We've got about one minute to break. Hey, you guys, um, just so you know, Mari does a wonderful radio show. Mari, when is your radio show on? Tell everybody. My radio show is on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, 10 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific. But then, of course, there's replays available on Blog Talk forever, so they're always available. You can find her on Blog Talk Radio. And what do they type in? It's Dare to be Authentic Radio, right? Yes, but the best thing is go to my website, lifecoachmari.com, and then click on the radio show page because that takes them to Blog Talk and also takes them to the newest shows that they can listen to. That's fantastic. Yes. That is so cool. So, you guys, she does a really good show. I've been on there. And um, if, you, if you've if you got a friend who is having relationship issues, this would be the show to share. So, um, and this show is going to be uploaded to iTunes as well. And so, you guys, share the show.
We will be right back on High Road to Humanity, but make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Toginet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15% to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Nancy to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Toginet Radio. We have negotiated special rates at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com slash Nancy to sign up and enjoy the discounts. That is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Nancy. In 1929, William Lear and Elmer Wavering of Quincy, Illinois, were out driving with their girlfriends. One of the girls suggested it would be even more romantic if they could listen to music. The guys liked the idea and started tinkering with installing a home radio in the car. They sold their idea to a radio manufacturing company and applied for a loan with a local banker to get production started. Thinking it might sweeten the deal, they installed one of their new radios in the banker's vehicle. Unfortunately, the banker's car caught on fire, and they didn't get the loan. They must have felt like Dunder Klumpens. Not giving up, they drove to a radio convention and sat outside in the car with the radio blasting. Soon, orders were pouring in and taking a cue from the Victrola because their radio was going in a car. They called it the Motorola. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity, and this is Nancy Yearout, your host. Hey, listen, we have a new sponsor, you guys. you got to check this out, and it's only through my show. So if you go to Best Travel Radio slash nancy best radio travel slash nancy you get some really good deals on your hotel booking so i want you guys to check that out all right so we are back here with mari mitchell and her book is called diary of a hopeless romantic and she's got so many stories you guys in this book and we're just picking out a few so you're gonna have to get this and read it if you're looking for a guy or looking for a girl and you want to pick out the right person this is really nice because you can see everything that they went through and and what not to do right so um we were going to talk about egyptian guy tell us about the she named all these guys this is so great um so i chuckle at this so tell us about egyptian guy mari egyptian guy was a one-time um you know uh internet meet date but they went from coffee and then went to dinner went out somewhere and he was egyptian very sexy very nice uh, telling stories about being in Egypt and she was extremely attracted to him and he was just so nice 
and such a gentleman and of course said that he would be calling her and she was thrilled and at the end she had she had a convertible at the time so at the end of the day she took him out showed him his convertible top and he was like oh my gosh we're gonna ride in there together etc etc well she never heard from him never heard a word there were so many men that she dated not really dated that she met online that they would have that one time coffee meter or sometimes it was a it was never a full dinner it was always coffee or drink that showed so much interest the day they met but then never called her and that used to really bother her because she's like what the heck he said he liked me he acted like he liked me i was really looking forward to seeing him and um and nothing i think he said he was going to be traveling and in a couple of weeks he would call her but he she never heard from him and she had learned by that time not to even reach out to people that didn't because early on she would reach out to people and then they just ignore her which hurt even more so I, I, but um but uh that was egyptian guy and it was a pleasant you know as as she went on to began to see these as she used to call it practice dating her and her girlfriends would call it practice dating and then she started to take it for what it was i had a nice coffee date with this man we had lovely conversation he bought me a coffee we had an hour or two together maybe later we went to dinner and just to take it for that it was a great afternoon you know well and then there's another and he's called pharmacy guy tell us about pharmacy. i love the stories you guys tell, tell us what happened with pharmacy guy frustrating because Natalie used to go to a pharmacy to pick up her mom's meds and there was a pharmacist it was the counter where the people checked you out and then behind there was a clear glass and behind were the pharmacists right. and one of the pharmacists every time Natalie went in would be looking at her and looking like he was interested in her and and just kind of really looking at her and she thought hmm this guy might be interested in me one time he even came out but never said anything to her so one she's scrolling online and who does she see pharmacy guy on the dating site okay. and so she she messages him and he messages her back and she doesn't know whether he knows who she is or not so she meets him for a date he has no clue that he had seen her at the pharmacy no clue whatsoever number 1 number 2 first red flag she they met at the beach she walks up to this little bar restaurant bar at the beach he's drinking scotch or whiskey something like that and when she sits down she realizes he's already drunk yeah <laughs> i mean she's smelling the whiskey at his breath and she's just and she hadn't evolved enough to the point of getting up and saying well you know what i i need to go now she just stayed and had her little date and and he knew the waitress and and you could see that this was his hangout and he was a big drinker probably an alcoholic so at least at the, by this point she had smartened enough you know not to go and date this guy you know so he actually did call her back after their date and wanted to see her and she turned him down and she just said well, you know i don't see you know connection between us those kind of things but uh, uh guys and girls just don't get too excited cuz you don't know how people really are and he's been yes. 
you know, that's the whole thing. It's hard to get to know people. And um, I can remember I met my husband actually on eHarmony. Isn't it crazy? And we were like a perfect match, which we still are. But, you know, I was nervous and we ended up being a perfect match and getting married. But you just, but we dated a long time before we got married. I mean, you really need to get to know somebody before you do. Don't you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah, I just think people don't take the time to really get to know because it's different when you go out on a date than if you're living with somebody. Absolutely. It's a whole, you don't know if they put their dirty socks in the laundry or if they help, <laughs> or if they do dish. You know what I mean? I mean, you just don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's another one in here that really struck me, if you don't mind, Mari, and it was the young psychologist. <gasps> he was He was a sexy one. He was young. Really young. About, about, oh, probably about 15 years younger than her, if not more. Okay. And he was an absolute doll. And it was an interesting, um, Natalie had the experience that the younger the guys were, the nicer they were and the better they treated her. And so uh, she didn't know it was because they hadn't been hurt that many times, you know, they didn't have all that baggage attached, but this guy was smart, well, brilliant, sweet, kind. Not only did they have coffee, asked her out to dinner, paid for the dinner and was just absolutely lovely. They had just the most wonderful connection and conversation, but she knew he was way too young for her. There was no point. Uh, you know, she already had kids. She had already, you know, was done with having kids. And this was a young guy just pretty much starting out his life. But he was, had he been like 10, 15 years older, he would probably have been a good match. But the good thing about meeting him is, oh, and the cutest thing that he did is, as they were saying goodbye and she gets in her car and he's standing outside her door and, and she, she had said bye and closed the door. And then he knocks on the window and she puts the window down. And he's like, you're not getting away without me giving you a kiss. And he gave her an amazing kiss. So he was so romantic. He never called her because he knew, you know, I think he was looking for someone, you know, to really settle down with. He wasn't just looking for a fling. It was a really good experience for her. And it made her feel attractive, which she right. needed to help her self-esteem. But it also helped her to 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 see the reality of what it was. It was a date. It was a one-time little date, and it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens to me one time. I dated this young guy. I met on an airplane. <laughs> And I was like, but it was, you know, he was too young for me. So that was the end of it. And so you're exactly right. The age thing really does make a difference. You know, a lot of people, I, my kids were grown, you know, I don't want to date some young guy that's, you know, already got, you know, that hasn't had kids yet or wants to start a family when you've already been through all that, you know, so it does make a difference. You know, then you talk in here about complimentary guy. Tell us about Complimentary Guy, Mari. Complimentary Guy was an amazing experience for Natalie. There, they met online again, had their coffee, and had an amazing connection. It was Everything was perfect. He liked everything she liked. Uh, little things like, oh, I love Red Lobster. Oh, I love Red Lobster. Most people hate it. So then they go on their first date. He comes down to where she lives, and it was... The first date of any girl's dreams. 
everything was so perfect, okay. absolutely perfect. And so the mistake that she made with him is she slept with him right away. Okay. And he would see her every Friday night. I think it was Friday night. Yeah, I think it was Friday night, not Saturday night. Every Friday night, she'd stay over there. He had his own place. She, of course, had her girls, so he wanted her to stay with him. And what she didn't realize was that it was all about sex. It wasn't really about anything else. I mean, he'd take her out to dinner after, you know, they'd fool around. He'd take her out to dinner. He was a gentleman. He was very nice. That was, that was his. Job. That was it. And the yeah. minute that she started to say, oh, can I see you? You know, she started inviting him over for dinner. Can you come to dinner right. Saturday? I can't. I have to work. How about Sunday? I can't. I can't. I can't. Until he pulled what um, I call and she called the disappearing act. He was going away to New York for, for a week or two weeks. And he was the whole time. He was so complimentary. Always telling her how beautiful she was, how much fun he had with her. I'm going to New York. He he emailed her from New York, but he never called her. She called him. He didn't answer. He called her back once, but then it, he was slowly pulling himself out of there. And so it ended up that he just disappeared. Never spoke to her again. Never saw her again. It was really hard for her. And that's when she went into therapy. She went and saw a therapist. So at that point, she realized, and I always tell people that, you know, you got to fix yourself before you can get into a relationship with somebody else. And I learned that myself after being married once. I was like, okay. And then you realize that it's not their fault. It's not anybody's fault. Everybody has to grow inside. Don't you think so, Mari? And as you grow... Yeah, as you get older, you want different things. I can remember, um, and I think you talk about this in the book. Isn't there a story where she writes down the what she's looking for in a man at one point? Yes. Yeah, because I think that's really important, you know, or to write down what you're looking for in a woman. Because what may be important to you when you're in your 20s is not important to you when you're in your 30s. We've got about one minute to break, but I, I know like, you know, it's more important when you're older, you're like, oh, well, it's really important that they can hold a job or it's really important that they are religious. Or, but, you know, if that's your, if that's something that's important to you. So right. I think those things change as we grow. Like I said, we've got about one minute to break, but what do you, what do you have to say about that? Since then, I've, because um, when I wrote this book, I wrote it to be a help for people who are dating. But since that, that's evolved even further to me. How right. do you want to feel? Right. Oh, yeah. How do you want to I feel? I that. want to be supported. I want to feel loved. I want to feel cherished. I want to have fun. I want to feel like I'm having fun. I want to feel whatever. We'll be right back with The High Road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program or to book a psychic reading. Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. 
Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity, and this is Nancy Yearout, your host. Hey, listen, don't forget to check out my website, nancyyearout.com. I do some coaching, too, and I'm a pretty good one. And I also do psychic readings, so if you guys are interested in having your cards read, just go on there or shoot me an email, nancyyearout at gmail.com, and and you can book an appointment on my website or with me personally. Okay, we are here today with Mari Mitchell, and we are talking about her book, which is so fantastic. And... um, Mari and I were talking over the break um, about when she goes to the therapist. And so you want to expand on that a little bit more, like what she learned? Yes, certainly. So the second time um, Compliments Guy disappeared out of her life and Rafter Guy had disappeared out of her life after two months, both after two months of dating. So that seemed to be the, the time limit for men who weren't really interested, right? And she was just devastated. She, her self-esteem was on the floor. She didn't think anybody could love her. And she went to see a therapist. Actually, a girlfriend recommended a therapist. So she learned some really valuable things from this woman. Number one, she learned that the men that had, quote, unquote, done this to her were just doing what they needed to do for their life. So they weren't doing anything to her. They were doing things for themselves. And for her, that was a big distinction. In other words, they weren't out to go around hurting women, which is what they were doing. They were going to do whatever made them feel better. And so she also realized these were not the right men for her. And so she could let go of that. Uh, Once she did, she realized she wasn't in love with either of them. It had been nice. She had a crush on them. Like, you know, we're going to talk like schoolgirls do. It was more of a crush on them, maybe even a bit of an obsession. But she didn't really have true love for them. It hadn't really had time to grow. The other thing that she learned from her therapist was that she needed to speak up for herself. She needed to let people know what she liked and didn't like. She needed to do things that she liked to do. She needed to have her own own identity because she had lost so much of that and uh oh absolutely yeah Yeah, because i think uh women get so oh i have this great guy and they get so involved in him that they forget about themselves and it takes two individual people to come together to make a relationship and if you make it all about him then what about her you know or vice versa actually yes so she would drop everything You know, it didn't matter what plans she had. If the guy called, she dropped them, you know, go do what he he wanted to do. 
she would take up their interests, you know, instead of her own. And she had to get back to herself, she had it back, you know, back to her authentic self, to who she really was. And did she learn? She does learn to do that in the book, doesn't she? She does. You didn't finish it. And as she gets towards the end, I mean, it's always a continuing process. You know, for me in my life, I've been working on this authenticity for many, many years. And there's more and more layers of it. So she continues to learn. And even when the book is done, she's not done with learning. But she has come a long way. And and most of all, she still has, you know, it, it, it's called Diary of a Hopeless Romantic. It really should be called of a hopeful romantic because she goes from being hopeless to being hopeful. She fully believes that she will meet that one. Uh, even if, even after all these guys, you know, how many frogs did you need to kiss to get the prince, right? Even after all these guys, she has a knowing that she will meet someone as long as she continues, you know, growing herself, her self-growth. Paying attention to the red flags that pop up. Yes. And being able to, like you said, when, when she saw that that guy was drunk, I mean, it takes a strong person to say, you know what, it's been really great, but I'm not interested, and to walk away. Because you have to love yourself enough not to put yourself in that position. And I think that's what I've learned more than anything over time, that people have to learn to like themselves. Yes. Not because otherwise you're taking, you're taking kind of an abuse from people. It is abuse. Absolutely. Yeah. And I brought up ego before because I see a lot of this is ego where these guys think, oh, well, I'm so wonderful and this girl will just love me. And it's more about feeding their ego than it is about falling in love. Sometimes it is. Yeah. And I've seen that quite a bit too. You know, we, we talked about internet dating, like a lot of her stuff was internet dating. And I know there's really good internet dating sites. Um, uh, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about the internet dating situation of today? Internet dating is really difficult. Um, I mean, the guy I'm with, I met him on the internet. To me, it was a fluke. I shouldn't have met him online because he's wonderful. But internet dating, it can be very discouraging. The first problem we have nowadays is the scammers, that they're everywhere. And by the hundreds that are just fake profiles trying to... Oh, so it's not real. It's not a real picture or that's not a real profile is what you're saying. It's a real picture, but it's not them. And so it's all fake profiles messaging you, trying to get them, and then so they can ask you for money. So that's the biggest problem we have now with Internet dating. Okay. That wasn't the way, that way years and years ago when I did Internet dating. And, um, but, again, you have to be very careful. A lot of these guys um, are married, have girlfriends. And one of the fastest ways to weed them out is to try to get them to meet you personally as soon as possible. And if they're hemming and hawing over meeting you, they're with somebody because there's no reason. If they're really interested in meeting a woman, why wouldn't they meet you for coffee, right? And so my advice no, is... Still, so I, I don't know. Call me naive here. But if you're with somebody, why are you going to get online and try to find somebody else? Because either they're stepping in to see what the waters are like or because they like the attention and are getting enough attention from their woman or they don't think they are. Uh, they're thinking of leaving the relationship and they're just fishing to see what's out there, but they got one leg in the relationship and one out there. 
and uh, some are separated. Some are separated and still living with their wife. You know, uh, some are divorced. I can't for the reasons, right? right? Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff yeah. going on out there. So I'm not saying there's not, you know, the bottom line is if you believe that you're going to find the one and you're in a space where you love yourself, you love to spend time with yourself, you're working on yourself, you're going to draw that one whether it be through internet dating or at a picnic or at a ballpark or at the museum. And I believe that because I believe in energy. So when you really care about yourself, then you'll meet somebody else that really cares about you. Absolutely. And when you're not desperate, and she was desperate, really desperate in the beginning, as you can see, the desperation pushes away the, the, the right guy, and you are a magnet to all these other guys, you know? So. I- women get so desperate why do you think that is i mean why do we have such low self-esteem because you know there's some beautiful girls out there and i've seen them too and they do have low self-esteem and you would think they're beautiful on the outside but they the inside is not self-assured do you think that's just our society these days where everybody looks on the outside instead of on the inside or what do you think Mark? it's been that way forever and our society is worse than ever um if you're not the perfect model who is 90 pounds and have these huge boobs, which is impossible, you know, anatomically impossible. Uh, you're not, if you're not perfect, no one's going to love you. And so as you're dating and you're older, you're in thirties, you're in your forties, you're in your fifties, right? Now you're divorced and you're out there dating again. And then you're watching all these 20 year olds, of course, your self-esteem and the men tend to go for younger women. That's another, I mean, it's, obvious Uh, isn't that terrible see and i think that's terrible for the simple fact that what do they have in common i mean it may last for a little while but then after a while i mean what do you have to talk about it's really i don't know i mean personally i think it's great my husband and i are a year apart but uh, we have stuff in common like we remember the brady bunch and we watched you know um these different shows together or we remember the same songs or you know all those different things actually I don't know, kind of make a relationship. And I think where you've got the younger girl going for the young, the older guy, a lot of times I think it's for the money, and I hate to see that. It's more of a materialism, not for love, right? I think it can be, and also for status. And older men usually usually have more money than younger men. And then, of course, the older men, because they have more money, they can go out there and, and bait a younger a younger woman. They like a woman who's younger. They like a body who's firm. They like somebody with no wrinkles. It's just a fact of life. I Before I met my boyfriend, I used to go to meetup groups and you'd join a group and it would be like a you know, 40s and up group and you'd see at, a, at an event you'd see 30 women and two men. Two men. Oh my God. And the two men would only look at the youngest blondes in the group. They wouldn't look at anybody else. I mean, I'm not even, or if you went out to a club, let's say, they wouldn't dance with the women they were with in the group. They'd go out, find some young girls to dance with. And so. in this show because I think it's so important that people start to realize it's not important what we look like on the outside. It's really what's on the inside. And if we're good and, and sweet and kind and loving on the inside, then the outside doesn't matter as much. I mean, I know you. it's nice to have somebody that's good looking. I think my husband's good looking. Yeah. But it, it, it's your heart. 
that really matters and is their heart in it and their heart and soul. And, and I think we've really gotten away from that. And you talked a lot about fear and love. Um, and we're getting close to, to the end of the show, but I really think it's nice that you address that because if we come from a place of love, um, and can you talk about that just a little bit more before we're done here? Yeah, you, you have to feel into it. When I'm thinking about doing something, whether it's meeting someone, dating someone, going to a party, whatever, if it can even be business-wise, how am I feeling when I'm doing it? Am I feeling happy? Am I feeling excited? Am I feeling, am I looking forward to it? That's coming from a space of love. Am I dreading it? Am I kicking myself in the, in the back for having agreed to doing it? That's coming from a place of fear. And so, again, going back to those feelings, how does something make you feel it, feel? And that somebody taught me a long time ago, feel into it. So many times when it comes to dating, when you think about this guy, how does he make you feel? Right. How does it feel thinking about them? How does it feel knowing you're going to talk to them in a few minutes? Right. Well, listen, we are really thrilled to have had you on the show today, and I hope you'll come back, Marie, and tell everybody where they can get your book. I, I think it's on Amazon.com, right? On Amazon.com, Diary of a Hopeless Romantic with Mari Mitchell, but there's another one with the same title. So I oh. usually tell people right to my website, lifecoachmari.com, lifecoachmari.com, just click on my books page. It's right on top, and you'll find it there. Oh, Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show. You guys got to read this book. These are awesome stories. If you know somebody who's out there in the dating game right now, this is something you should read before you get any further down the road because you'll know what to look for, right? Those red flags out there. And next week, just so you know, on High Road to Humanity, we have a wonderful lady coming in talking about astrology. So if you're into astrology, um, we have Linda who's coming to talk to us. Join me next week on High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. To sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading, visit my website, www.nancyyearout.com. My email address is nancy at highroadtohumanity.com. So have a fabulous week and know that by staying on the high road, you will make it to your destination.